0: Since that day I live in a dream.
1: I live in a dream. Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, counseling extraordinaire, (laughs) and today's episode is called Game On. Uh, We're going to talk about the ways that we can use fun and games to help people learn, grow, get in touch with their own strengths, pain points, and needs. My guest is Jamie, who's the founder of Roleplay Lead. Her company it's so fascinating to me. And, you know, I've actually known Jamie a long time, and none of this surprises me at all about Jamie. But her company's mission is to support social skill growth of teens who live with things like anxiety or mental illness, and they use games to help young people kind of work through this stuff. Now, in Jamie's work, they mostly rely on the game Dungeons & Dragons. And before you think to yourself, well, I don't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, just give Jamie and me a chance. Look, I don't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons. I've never played it. But you don't have to understand the game to get the point of this episode. We're going to talk about the ways in which we can help people using some creative outlets rather than just talking. You know, I have a friend who's a music therapist, and she helps people express themselves by drumming or strumming or singing. Uh, And in Jamie's case, they use games. So Jamie and I are going to discuss how board games, card games, and role-playing can help people, and not just kids, work out difficult stuff in a safe way. And when I say safe, I mean it's a little easier than being put on the spot to have deep insights in therapy or a support group. In fact, you'll hear us talk about role-playing in particular as a way of working through your stuff while talking about a character, it gives you a little bit of space between your true self and the problem at hand. And that's what I mean when I say it creates some safety. It's easier to talk about the problems that you have if you're talking about them as problems that belong to a character. It makes it a little easier <laughs> to deal, I don't know, with life's constant shitstorm. So uh, you'll hear my conversation with Jamie, uh, but I hope that it's obvious that neither one of us are trying to get you interested in Dungeons and Dragons. Like I said, I've never played the game. The goal here is to help you open your mind to other ways of helping people. And if by the end of this, you start thinking, you know, I kind of like the idea of using games to help my son or my niece or my spouse or my parent Cool. I mean, you don't have to use Dungeons & Dragons. We're going to use that one today as an example. But search the internet. There are card games and tools galore. I would say just make sure that you find an age-appropriate one. Personally, I have purchased emotional regulation card games, and they've mostly been for adults. So just check those things out before you purchase for yourself or for your loved ones. And with that, let's take a listen to my conversation with Jamie.
0: I'm Jamie, um, and I am the founder of a local Denver organization called Role Play Lead. We use the game Dungeons & Dragons to help teens and tweens uh, work on social skill development and leadership development. Um, We're in our second year of existence and uh, it's been a really crazy but fun ride adding in a pandemic uh, (laughs) to my first year of business uh, has been definitely a challenge that I was you know when you prepare challenges that you might face a pandemic was not one that I like penciled in to you know think about in the future so yeah uh, you know it's been it's been fun and and interesting uh, you know growing and, and in this current day and age.
1: Well, I love it. It combines so many things. You're like, obviously speaking the language of only trying to help with, you know, helping young people with social skills. But there's also such a like creative aspect to this and it's entrepreneurial and it's leadership in its own way. There's so many cool things about it. How how did you get started with this?
0: Um, well, I think it was it was really just by happenstance to be completely honest. I was browsing through Reddit one afternoon, you know, taking in my uh news feed, and I came across this flyer that just said, you know, uh $25 uh Dungeons and Dragons regular weekly group can help with social skills. And I thought to myself, well, you know, um I play Dungeons and Dragons and even in the first few times that I played, I remember sitting down and learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons and I didn't understand the rules for shit. It was confusing and overwhelming but I loved my character. Like I was obsessed with her. I thought about her. I thought about how she would handle situations. I was invested in her future and I began to start thinking to myself what the heck? This is awesome. Yeah. Why wouldn't I use this? Like it's I could see people investing themselves into this character, into this other world. And with my background, which is in leadership development, that's what I uh, have my master's degree in, I started to think oh, you know, it, with the right person leading the group, somebody who's trained in, in a particular skill set of like therapy or leadership or whatever the case is, there's no reason why you can't create something where you Can turn this into a social skills thing and also help the kids or help whoever you're working with balance out like, okay, we're ending class now or ending our session, step back into your own shoes Mm. um, because it can become obsessive, right? Uh, you know, particularly for certain types of people. So I don't know. I just kind of was like, this is the most amazing idea ever. And um, I found some organizations out in uh, Seattle who had been around a little longer. they have been using this. And uh, in our world, we call it applied RPGs. Uh, and applied RPGs are basically role-playing games. So Dungeons okay. and Dragons. Yeah. When you apply them to a particular need, working with, there are people who work with the veterans. There are people who work in the prison systems. There are people who work with toddlers. Um, you know, all different ages, and they just take what is already put out there mm-hmm. and modify it to fit the, the population they're working with.
1: You know, I saw, I'm thinking about like characters and role-playing. I saw a tweet the other day that was something like, I, I think it said, I've been calling my anxiety Harriet for a week, and it's a total game changer. <laughs> And, and, and it, it was like the idea that you could sort of name something that feels like it's in you as a character, and maybe that's a safer way to tap into that character. I don't know. I might be reading too much into the tweet, but no, I, I understood it to be like, you know, I am not my anxiety. My anxiety is this thing that I have, and I'm going to better understand it, sort of Separately from my identity, I don't know. That was that was my deep understanding of a I, quick tweet. But it's
0: so true. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about it. Okay, so there's somebody who I went to school with, um, and he really focused on using RPGs, so using role playing games, mm-hmm. um, for. Business for, like, developments in business and things like that. Uh, instead of, you know, like, trust falls and rope courses, you play D&D uh, in place of, like, those kinds of things. Um, and his whole study was really – or part of his study was really focused on um, this idea of playing as a character gives you a chance to be separate. Like, there's the distance. Yeah. So any lessons or anything you need to learn or are trying to learn – you learn first is your character and it doesn't feel so personal. So of course, naming your anxiety Harriet, that's kinda cool, you know, because you're you're separating it from yourself. Right. And you're saying, Oh, Harriet's giving me a problem today and now it doesn't sound like it's within you, but it's this person, you know, in your same household or whatever, who maybe hasn't is sleeping in the guest room or whatever. Yeah. So like yeah, like that like totally ha- makes
1: sense. Like Harriet thinks everybody hates me, you know, but it's not that it's I Harriet. Yeah, it's not that I think that Harriet is doing this and Harriet yeah. needs to be quiet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing and I think I might, you know, have to steal that from the person who tweeted it because you know, we all have our days the world's kind of falling apart, Harriet's being a pain about it.
1: Yeah, I started to think this doesn't have to just be about anxiety. It could be like I named my depression Joe or I, I named my body image issues Sally or whatever the case may be. Why do I always go to Sally? Half of oh. these podcasts have a somebody named Sally. In them.
0: <laughs> well, I think now it's just about consistency, right? You yeah, don't mess up your listeners by not referring to her.
1: Now she's like the, the special co-host every week. It's funny. Um, so, Jamie, what do you think, like, everyday people need to know about, like, using games or role-play games in particular, maybe, to to help other people. Like if you're just like a mom out there or you're a dad or you're a teacher, like what would be helpful for them to know about this?
0: Um that any of the games that are any of the role playing games that are out there uh have a rule set to them, right? There's lengthy books. Um but they're just there as scaffolding or as like a sandbox to give you guidelines. Um even the creators themselves have said you don't have to stick to what we put in here. This is just what we put in here for people to learn. Um, And this scaffolding that's out there really can be morphed and used in whatever ways you want. So for example, um, I know people who are teachers, uh, you know, like history, science teachers. They've created quote-unquote adventures, campaigns, that focus specifically on their topic. Maybe they are in a mountain and they start, you know, they're starting to learn about rocks, and different types of rocks, well, they just put that into the campaign that the kids are playing. And there is your earth science, you know, lesson or or part of an earth science lesson that doesn't feel like you're sitting there and... Writing things that down at the on the board. Not every kid learns the same way. Mm-hmm. So providing this opportunity for kids to learn in a different way, whether it's in a classroom, whether you're using it in group therapy, how awful is it when you're like ten years old, you have severe social anxiety, and you gather around in a circle and you have to talk about your problems in like group therapy? Yeah, that seems terrifying for some people. Oh yeah. Um. So so there are ways to take the game or games like it and build them into whatever it is you need Mm -hmm. and it's going to help your other your learners who don't necessarily benefit from sitting in a classroom or in the traditional setting insert whatever setting you want here.
1: yeah it makes a lot of sense.
0: I wish that I had received some of my education yeah. in this form because it was hard for me to take in at times.
1: Sure. You know, I recently spent time with a little kid, and it sounds like he's younger than the your kind of target group. I think you said tweens and teens, but this child's five years old, um, and he... He has he has big emotions, Jamie. <laughs> he has yeah. really big emotions. That's um, my very politically correct way of saying. Oh my gosh, he'll have huge outbursts, and you know, in the middle of a restaurant or middle of the store. So anyway, we're we're trying to help him know how to express himself well. Um, mm-hmm. And I also know that he really likes performing. And he likes mm. he likes acting, he likes make believe, he likes costumes and things like that. So I saw him and I was trying to use that a little bit and I guess I'm running this by you to see if it's if it's even like a sliver of what you do. But I was talking to him and I said, show me on your face what proud looks like. And he made like a proud face. And I said, show me what scared looks like. And he made a scared face. And show me what surprised looks like. Anyway, we were practicing feelings using like his acting skills, and then we practiced like scaling them. Like, what does a little bit scared look like versus really, really scared? And I guess I was trying to help him like tap into levels of emotions that don't have to be like zero to a hundred, but you know, there might be something in the middle. And I guess it felt to him like we were just playing a game.
0: Yeah absolutely you're just making faces and like practicing you know the different types of emotions and of course it seems like a game um yeah so I choose to work with the age group that I work with because I feel like I can group the kids together and not have too many classes you know yeah um otherwise it starts to be too much but there are people out there who work with families right so young kids five you know four or five years old all the way through teenagers um, who run games just to help the family dynamic, right? Maybe the family is struggling to get along or they're hit, you know, they've hit a bump in the road in whatever way, shape or form that families do. Um, so yeah, this this type of work absolutely exists also for, for five-year-olds, hmm. um, you know, taking that, uh, h- harnessing the game to make it more appropriate for younger kids. You know, you're obviously not it's a completely different game but it starts to get them into it yeah absolutely cool cool i love that i love that you're doing that i think that's great for that child that you're working with
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and and as you know um you know the theme of the podcast is really like those well-meaning things people are trying to do and i'll and i'll bet that you come across that as well I don't know if anything comes to mind for you as I describe that, like those folks who are just well-meaning, coming from a good place. Um, what, what does that make you think of, if anything?
0: Um, I mean, I think it actually makes me think of the game itself. So this is one of the things that we work on in the group. So for those of you who've never played and don't know Dungeons & Dragons very well, um, one of the really awesome things about this game is that it's a group game. You succeed together or you fail together. So unlike, you know, Monopoly or Risk, where everyone gets really upset because only one person can win, um, this mm-hmm. game really requires you to work together. And This seems I, highly un-American. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is. It's, it's not what we're used to, right? It's not often what kids and teenagers are used to. Um, and so one of the things that we work on in the games and in relation to what you're talking about is this idea of um, When do we support our other players and when do you let them make decisions whether or not you think they're quote-unquote good?
1: Oh, um, wow,
0: because
1: there's a lot of feedback that happens
0: Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yep, especially you know when I play with my friends, we don't have those discussions. We just drink and be merry. <laughs> um, but when we are with, when the purpose of it is to develop skills and become more aware, a lot of a lot of the kids who come through my doors are very self like aware of not self aware, but aware of themselves. Does that make sense the difference like they're not really aware of how they affect others but they are very aware of themselves in space yeah Does that makes sense yeah um, and so part of it is getting them to go from aware in space to self-aware.
1: So and I've never played the game so you got to forgive me if this is a weird question um, if if I make a move that ends up hurting my allies and they give me feedback and they say, hey Kate, that decision really affected us, is there a way to kind of go back and, and fix the problem, or do we just have to kind of suffer the consequences and move on?
0: I think that depends on – it really depends on the situation. Okay. So
1: Yeah, so it's complicated. It is. <laughs> yeah. It
0: is. And But the cool thing about that kind of – the space that I – at least the space that I create is that I try and make it so that you can uh, – maybe rectify your mistakes in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah. Well I'll I'll tell you the, the, the spirit of my question. You know, when I asked is there a way to kind of go back and fix it, part of part of what I notice is that people people write to me or they come to my workshops and they tell me they're so scared to even try and help a person because, oh, my God, what if I do it wrong? So it's something like this, like, like, I think my cousin is suicidal, but I don't know what to say. What if I say the wrong thing and I do it wrong? Or, I think my brother has a substance abuse problem, but I don't want to talk to him about it. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do it wrong? And people are so worried about helping, quote, wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes what I say to folks is y- y- you may, you, you may make, it, make a mistake. You may say a word that's hurtful. You might approach somebody in a way they don't like. You might quote unquote get it wrong, but the idea is to pay attention to the feedback you get from the person. If they roll their eyes or they cross their arms or they try to leave, they're giving you feedback that what you did wasn't working for them. And so all you need to do is try a new thing. And so it kind of sounds like it relates to, to the game as well. If you make a decision that affects the group negatively, you will be getting feedback about that and there might be a chance to try again.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's. Let's, with that in mind. Yes, there's always opportunity to either fix your mistakes or um, you have to approach them differently. The thing about the game is you have to make allies along the way to acquire information. So you might, like you said, say the wrong thing to somebody uh, that you're working with and they might get upset with you and not give you information that you needed. Um, And that's actually a huge thing that we work on. So this actually ties in really neatly with what you're saying, this idea of being afraid of giving help. Um, We really work on like frustration tolerance and what happens when you do make that quote-unquote mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try really hard not to prevent them from ever gaining more information, but the purpose of this is to practice in real life. If you call one of your allies, you know, if you give them, you know, make fun of them. I had one group of kids uh, – gosh, now I'm going to forget. Um, oh, her name was uh, – they came across this like tiger human hybrid person and her name was dora and they kept calling her like dora the explorer tony dora the tiger they kept like kind of making fun of her a little bit um and she left them in the middle of the night and and refused to help them after a few days of it because she was sick and tired of being made fun of and they came across her later like purposefully i had them come across her a little later down the line and she her feelings were really hurt she goes you made fun of me that was a name that I got called a lot when I was a kid and I didn't like it it didn't make me feel good and you continue to use it after I asked you several times not to and now I'm not going to help you anymore wow and so there is this opportunity right to like under to learn our feelings mm-hmm. and and learn how our behaviors affect other people. And so there are moments where I'm happy to give kids numerous opportunities. You know, again, I really don't let my players die. I don't think that's fun um <laughs> in the game. I, I think that's really hard because you've invested a lot of time into a particular character yeah. that you've made. But at the same time, I also, you know, we also kind of try and work on how how are we taking up space right this is a big thing for us like how do you take up space and when do you get a second chance and when do you have to apologize and right. when does a person write you off because you've been unkind to them or unhelpful right um but yeah as long as the kids are trying right as mm-hmm. long as i can tell that they're trying um i don't i'm i'm like you i like to say to them hey, you've made an effort. It might not have been the exact outcome you were hoping for, but here's what you've learned. Like, well, tell me what you've learned in this particular circumstance and how can you apply what you've learned in the future when you come across a situation like
1: this? Exactly, exactly. So even if you're not playing Dungeons and Dragons, you try to help somebody, they get frustrated and walk away. The next time you see that person, you might say, okay, listen, obviously my approach sucked last time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel really bad about that. I want to do better this time. Um, you know, Maybe you and I could get some coffee and talk about that. But there's a way to take that feedback and say, I think I'll, I'll change my approach in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I give them lots of opportunities to do that um, cool. because it's really important that we learn that one – you know, As long as you're not making huge, huge mistakes and, and making fun of them terribly, you can make some small mistakes, and that doesn't mean that the world has ended and your relationship with that particular person is over. Yeah. Just ask for what you can do better.
1: Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I, I'm only, you know, we live in different states now, and I haven't seen you in a long time, but, you know, observing as best I can on Facebook, it seems like this has really helped you come alive.
0: Yes, uh, it definitely has. I've had the joy of being on panels at these large gaming conferences talking about, like, do we allow evil characters at our table? What does that look like?
1: Wow. Um, you know, the, the the audience for only trying to help is really just, like, a big group of big-hearted people who, like, yay, just want right. to make the world a better place. Uh, so they're, they're, I think, a good group, and, and you may hear from them.
0: Well, uh, it would be amazing, and I'm yeah, I'm happy to answer emails, uh, um, and you know messages and things like that. If you're cool with me plugging a few more things, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am in the midst of. I actually have a meeting tomorrow. The very first module I ran for Roleplay play lead. Um, we are in the process of getting it published, along with some social skills DMing tips and tricks. So, if you are a therapist, a teacher a parent who wants to who knows a little bit about the game we're not publishing rule sets you'd have to look that up but if you know the game or are interested in kind of seeing how it works we'll have a module available and i can give you the link for that as well um, that you'll be able to purchase uh, with some like i said some social skills dming tips and tricks um
1: i love it that's great the money
0: for that will go towards running programs for role play lead
1: Excellent. Yeah. Send me what you have. I'll put it on the website, onlytryingtohelp.com. Um, and I think that you, I really do think that you're going to hear from some folks who will have some interest in all of this.
0: Um, yeah. So role play lead, I mean, we're like, it's facebook.com slash roleplaylead. Um, and it's roll, R-O-L-L, like you're rolling dice. Uh-huh. Um, and then Twitter is the same. It's just at roleplaylead. Um, and you can find my own personal Twitter. I talk about uh, social skills, DMing, and all kinds of other stuff. And mine is at Rosie R O S E Y underscore games. Okay. Uh, and I'm on there. I'm very active on Twitter. That one uh, a lot. So I would love to talk to folks on there as well.
1: Perfect. I will yeah. put I will put that on the website. But just in case folks don't go there, I wanted them to be able to hear it. So thanks for sharing that, Jamie. And I appreciate, you know, the time that you've spent. You've really given me a lot to think about. I think this is so very aligned with what we talk about every week on the podcast. Um, And I just really appreciate your candor and and what you're doing for the world. So thanks for that.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love this. I love that you have this available for people who... um you know have to who are out there every day helping other people in some way shape or form and need a community of people to check in with when they get tired because you know you can only do so much helping before you need to be helped too
1: oh yes so thank goodness for that
0: Do